0: Welcome to the We Go There podcast. I'm Lexi. And I'm Nikki. And our favorite conversations are when someone starts by saying, this might be TMI, but... Exactly. We go there because no topic should be too taboo, especially when it comes to women's health. We ask the questions you may be too afraid to ask and interview the experts to get the answers you need. So we're doing this completely unfiltered. 100%.
1: Okay, let's go there.
0: Okay. So this is going to be a very good episode. I have decided that I need to interview you, Lexi, because you are literally on the brink of having four children, five and under. And so so for some context, let's back up a second. You are pregnant with twins, surprise twins, I might add, and you're 35 weeks pregnant. And it's like, pretty much any day now, you are going to be welcoming two more children and you already have a four-year-old and a two-year-old. So shit's going to get real, real quick. (laughs) And like just
1: a four-year-old, she's four on Sunday. So it's like four and under.
0: Yes, it is. Yeah. Basically four, four and under, which... kind of makes my head turn to think about, um, to kind of do the math on that, but you made it happen girl. And I am like this, this is, so the idea is that we're going to have a conversation now, and then we're going to do a follow-up once the twins are actually here. And we're going to debrief about how it all goes down. So, you know, there's If anyone's tuning in for the first time, and maybe this is your first episode, you don't know much about Lexi. Let me give you just a little bit of background. Lexi is a very busy lady. Not that anyone who has kids is already busy, but you also run a massive company. You've got like a hundred something people who work with you for you on your team, and you know you've you know (laughs) our kids are the exact same age, and I know how busy I feel with two kids this age and running a business and now you're just like, yeah, I'm just going to add two more to the mix. Not a big deal. And you're smiling and like going, I know, I know, I know. Um, So I guess the question I have for you right now is, you know, you've been through this before. You already have two children. Does this, how does this pregnancy feel different? Like what feels different this time? Outside the obvious that like your belly is bigger, you're carrying twins, but like emotionally, how does it feel?
1: Yeah, it's, like, I mean, before we came on, I was just like unloading on Nikki about how insane everything is right now. Um, and how hard it is to just start to like unwind and, you know, turn over things from a work perspective and actually take some time to like focus on that these twins are actually arriving any day now. Like, I think it's 60% of twins arrive before 37 weeks so they're very likely like could be literally any day um and our goal was for sure to get to 35 weeks so 35 and four pounds and they're four nine and four eleven and 35 weeks is tomorrow so we're like there at least to avoid any like NICU and things like that but it feels um It feels different. I mean, the first pregnancy, as many people know who have experienced it, it's like, especially once you have the second, the first is a luxury, right? It's like, oh, let me kick back and watch some TV because I'm so tired and like relax and go get a massage and whatever. Like, it's just a bit more of a luxury, even when, because when you're feeling crappy, you can just chill. And then the second you have one already so that's busy and now with two and then twins it's just a shit show <laughs> 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 oh
0: yes you i love the emphasis on shit show like you can't just and and how do you deal with like clark your two-year-old one wanting uppy mummy and up oh like gosh. you're like dude i'm our little dude i'm already carrying your two siblings
1: like i don't have the energy to pick you up right now that's hard Totally. And, and, and it's getting more as I get bigger because they're starting to really recognize like, oh, this is happening. So both of them are even more clingy and wanting so much mama, 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 Um, And yeah, I already have 10 pounds, pl- like a baby I'm carrying <laughs> then add my whatever they weigh children 30
0: pounds 30 up. Yeah.
1: oh my gosh so it's just so it feels it definitely feels different in um I'm I've ha- I've really been trying to find space for myself and it's been more challenging than ever before um and then second secondly I'd say like physically I'm just way more exhausted like I don't I'm not like a napper. I I ran my first two pregnancies. I was running right up till like 38 weeks, literally. I know it makes you cringe, Nikki, but.
0: I mean, no, no, no. I mean, it's okay to run. I mean, it's just that the leaking. I'm cringing because I know your your incontinence issues. That's exactly
1: (laughs) exactly. You're like, oh, and you wonder why you pee your pants. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so like that, like just physically, like now walking the kids to school and like on the way back, like oh man, the like pressure is real. Um, so physically it is a lot different from that perspective and just tired. And then I got like smoked with some brutal colds. Like my immune system's like way worse. And so So
0: let's talk about the peeing for a second. So have, has it, I mean, I already know the answer to this, but I think the listeners may want to know has, how has it changed with twins now?
1: Well, it didn't help that like, so the first trimester when I had that flu, that was awful because I was like puking and peeing my pants at the same time. And then I recently got the worst cold and it was a cough, like this dry cough. And like Nikki heard it, you heard it. I was like, I couldn't say a sentence without like coughing, coughing, coughing. And so that was awful because I legitimately, I I couldn't, I couldn't not pee my pants. Like it was really bad, but I've been seeing pelvic floor therapists like going into this as I did with Piper, as I did with Clark. And she actually says that I it's like I'm in a good place going into the labor and delivery of the twins and that she feels very confident in us being able to repair everything. Amazing. Afterwards. And that very I will not pee my pants moving
0: forward. You will not. Well, we won't let that happen. We're going to be, you've got like a team here cheering you on. And this exactly. is such a big thing, right? Like it can be so overwhelming. Like I've, I've went through it with my second, when you're coughing and you're, you know, third trimester, there's so much pressure and you're like, is this my new normal? Like, am I going to be peeing out my pants for the rest of my life? Like, is this irreversible damage? Like, it can feel like that. I can imagine even more so with twins.
1: Totally, totally. And I and I, I still worry about it, but I know because I'm at least educated so much in like the discussions we have and having a pelvic floor therapist that I know that it doesn't have to be and that I did get better after Clark. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I think it's really important That it continues to be shared because the number of conversations I have with people that are just think this is like the way that it will be forever is constant. You're now like,
0: you put it out there to the universe and now you're like at a party and people are like, I heard your episode. I, I pee my pants
1: too. Like, let's, do- is this actually happened to you? Oh, all the time. <laughs> I'm like a go-to for like, pee- oh yeah. When I sneeze, I pee I was like, that's not normal. When I laugh, I pee my pants. I was like, it's not normal. I know. I thought it was like normal after babies too, but it is not. I
0: love like that you're go-to. like the safe space <laughs> for people to share their thing at cocktail parties. I have such a vision.
1: in God's safe space. <laughs> come to me with all yeah. your being problems.
0: Oh my God. Okay. I have another question for you. So what was your greatest fear about becoming a mom five years ago? You were pregnant with Piper, you know, just over four years ago now, actually. And I want to know what, what it was then. And if anything has shifted now that you're like a veteran mama, but you're sort of like, I guess where I'm going with this is that you sometimes when you know a lot, like you're, you're not naive anymore. Like, you know what postpartum can be like, and you're also like, and now you're going to do it with two babies instead of one. Like, so has, has the fact that you've done it already made you feel more confident? Are you feeling like, how are you feeling compared to how you felt when you were first pregnant?
1: Yeah, I was thinking about like, so my greatest fear with Piper which seems so is really interesting now is that I, so I was really busy then with my business and I didn't know how I had capacity to fit. And a baby into this situation. And that was one baby. <laughs> um, And I was like, there's no, like, I don't know where I will find space. Like I'm so busy and how will you kind of work this in? And um and obviously you find the space, like you you create the space. And so it's interesting reflecting on that because right now it's the same situation. It's like now we have four. And I'm grateful that I can have help and I have an amazing nanny and support like that, which is so like I truly am grateful for. And with the twins, that'll be a game changer. But it's like finding that space. And I think it's um. And then also through all of these interviews that we do, I find the trend is so common and it's helped me a lot going through this pregnancy and recognizing like the fears that I have coming out being similar of like, how am I going to be like an amazing mom to now four children and also show up for all of the people that rely on me and my day-to-day in my business because that was my first baby Um, like wax on and all our locations those are first my first baby and so um, I think the trend that I feel the most that we when we interview experts is like needing to have compassion for ourselves and so many experts that we've interviewed have talked about the compassion part of it and just like as moms, and you know, we just put ourselves to the highest standards. And it's—I just had this conversation with one of the girls that works for me, and she had her first baby, and she's really struggling to like figure out how do I show up in my career because I want to continue to progress. How do I continue to show up and be an amazing mom, and how do I show up for my husband as like a really, you know, a, the wife that I want to be? and still like get the promotions and like do the things for me. And we talked about the compassion piece and she's like, you're so right. Like I, I have so much compassion for everyone else around me, but like, I don't have compassion for myself. So Mm -hmm. I think that's a huge learning that I'm trying to like go into this with is like, give myself a break. Like it's going to be really hard at times. And it's also like such a blessing. And I want to like, also really embrace this as like my last pregnancy and that I have the like gift of twins coming into our life and what a beautiful thing that will be and that it is going to be really, really hard and a struggle and work is going to be challenging to balance. And I need to like give myself some grace and like give myself a break and understand I'm not like a superwoman. (laughs) I I mean, I I think we all need to hear that. So I love that I asked you a
0: question about your biggest fear and you answered with like the solution. (laughs) I'm like, you're amazing. (laughs) No, like you tied it into a pretty little bow and now you're like, and now this is the lesson from my fear. Like the fear is real. We can't ignore it, but it's also like, there's a lesson in it. Yeah, you've already learned this lesson with the first two and and the grace over guilt thing, right? It's really about, Giving yourself grace, like this idea that you need to have like an immaculate house, you know, perfect career, beautifully home cooked homemade food, like you know, date nights with your husband, an amazing sex life. You know, mm-hmm. you're definitely going to be you know in shape, working out, making time to meditate in the morning, and like exercise, and and you're just like, I, okay,
1: pick three, <laughs> like, exactly. Three right? Like the little wins, all the little wins. And I had like uh, the two weeks ago. So I, I got really, really sick, like for a week and a half. And it was like, Adam, my husband said, it's the sickest he's ever seen me. And like, I was just, I was done. Like I, I couldn't do a thing for a week straight. Um, work wise, nothing. Like I just needed to sleep and it was, it was really bad. And I was coughing nonstop and peeing my pants (laughs) Uh -uh. to top it off. So like, make you feel really good about yourself when you're like having to, I'm busting out the like massive pads that I bought for like postpartum. I hadn't Mm -hmm. gotten my diapers yet, which I wish I had, but I'm like busting those out and wearing those to bed because I'm coughing all night long, like full of cough attacks. But ultimately, you know, he sat me down and he said like, this is not like you've been running at like normal as if you're not pregnant with twins for now, 30 week, 32 weeks, I guess it probably was 33 weeks. And it's not normal. Like you are carrying twins and my OB, my midwife, which I have both of, and we can talk about that. All of them. I fainted in my OB's office. Like Things Wait, were getting back up, really- back up, back Did up. I tell
0: you this? No, but you need to tell me and, and everyone else in greater detail, please.
1: So I fainted while I was getting my ultrasound all of a sudden. And I was right at the beginning of when I was getting really sick. And anyways, basically my OB, my midwife, Adam, this amazing mentor and consultant that I work with at WaxOn, um, they all separately and collectively were like you've got to chill the fuck out. Like you need to bring things back by like 50% of work. Email your leadership team and tell them like you're you're on an early MAT leave. And doing that is was and and telling my team that I was doing this like it was so hard. It was so hard to admit that like I'm not a superwoman. And I am needing space and time for me to like just be and focus on my other two kids yeah. and all of those things not just like that's a lot but you know like and I yeah it's just I, I think we all just give ourselves like we, we just try so hard and we need to like be okay with the fact that it's a lesson in control. Like we need to release control and be like, especially when you're pregnant, things are not going to go exactly how you want them to at times. And we just need to be like on the journey and like, it's okay. (laughs) Isn't
0: it true though? And this is, this is such a moment where it's like, unfortunately, and I'm the same, we don't often pay attention to the subtle signs until we get massive signs. Like you freaking fainted totally. Like that, you know what I mean? Your body is like going to give you these tiny little messages. And then if you stop, if you don't listen, it's going to give you a bigger, bigger, like bigger and bigger and bigger, and bigger signs. It's like, hello, like stop yeah. it, you know? So, oh yeah. Listen, we have to listen.
1: Oh yeah. It like put me fully out of commission to be like, hello, like I need rest. Like you're pushing me too hard and I want to keep these babies in here as long as we can.
0: Yeah, totally. Totally um okay fun another totally different topic <laughs> but I love this question because I want to know what are some of the most annoying things people have said to you this twin pregnancy and has it been different than in
1: prior pregnancies the bump judgment is like at a oh, wh- no. <laughs> whole other level oh no whole other level like so I have big like they're 60th and 80th percentile or something 67th percentile so like they're they're big baby, like they're good babies, great size babies, thankfully, especially with twins. Um, And I get judged so hard on my bump. Like anytime someone understands that I'm, especially that I'm having twins, they're like, there's no way there are two babies in there. Like you are so small and I'm like, okay, well, they're, actually like really big <laughs> they're just compact like I can't expand anymore like I'm like yeah. my body is max so you get all yeah. oh, your two small comments oh it's all too small comments oh. which is so interesting because I mean I'm having twins and I expected like like yeah it's just and, and it's so many people are Um, you know, say the nicest things, you you look unbelievably incredible, you're glowing and all that, but it's really funny and interesting to see the extent of, um, the size of your bump comments based off of having twins. Cause I think the expectation is that I would be like twice the size as I normally am. And I was looking back at a picture of when I was, the day I went into labor with Clark at my bump and it's like i do have a smaller bump normally you know so with twins like it's it's just how i carry but they're yeah. just very compact in there i guess but it's yeah the bump comments are like that's that's tricky and then of course like
0: kind of trying to make you worry like that oh they're too small you know you need to slow down you're doing too much and you also i mean you have a hernia so i'm also curious from prior pregnancies so for people who don't know what that is it's you've had it repaired prior to, even before you got pregnant, you had this issue. And now of course you've had three massive pregnancies, like the hernia is there. So has that been painful for you?
1: It's at times it is, it's not as recent, like, so second trimester, I noticed it more, Um, but it's fully like bumped out and we'll Mm -hmm. see. I'm hopeful that when I'm like pushing, it's not going to be an issue, but I think we'll be needing to get some repairing done.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially a hernia for those people who don't know, it's not diastasis recti. It's actually, you know, it's not just thinned separated tissue, it's torn tissue. So there's like a hole and it can be painful to touch and you can actually have organs that end up protruding through it. And that can, that can become essentially strangulated. So there are some risk factors to hernias. Um, So you don't want to, you want to, get an ultrasound to determine the sort of degree to which you have a hernia. That's the best way to diagnose it. And uh, yeah, so we're going to, we're going to deal with it all more content
1: for us to talk about Lex. (laughs) Oh yeah, definitely. Like on the postpartum front. And you know, like while I'm in there under general anesthetic, maybe we'll throw in some boobs and other things.
0: (laughs) No, we did. We did the whole explant that we, I know we've always been joking about like, after all these many this many kids like you end up having bananas but bananas are in did you know that bananas are in like bananas i know bananas are
1: totally in like, like the 70s boom. yeah 70s I didn't wear a big... bra the other day and I felt yeah. real nice about it yeah, especially <laughs> so, cuz my I mean, boobs are bigger right now i'm here for it i'm here for the the bananas it's just <laughs> not really fair that we lose like all the good I, stuff after like the like my hair is so thick right now mm-hmm. my boobs look great like <laughs> I mean, I got a massive bump, but sorry, it's not. It's very small, as everyone says. I think it's big.
0: <laughs> yeah, totally.
1: Um, but like waddling around and then the hair goes away and it all falls out. I'm going to be dealing with the little, what do we call them? The Bridgerton bangs. Bridgerton bangs. Yeah. You're going to get that.
0: Regrowth. You probably, I'm just curious to know if it's like, double Bridgerton bang like is it the twin (sighs) hormone make it even more intense like this so many questions we're gonna have to revisit
1: this yes and Mm -hmm. a hot tip my hair hairstylist gave me like mini little um like hairstylist clips I need to like send you a picture because you should post it on your Instagram and I would put those in after I showered and blow-dried my hair I'd I'd clip them down and it flattens them almost completely Oh, Very good tip. I, I like gift them to all my friends now.
0: I love it. I thought for a second you were going to say butterfly clips like from the nineties. No, I was, like,
1: oh
0: I was like, really? Like we're really jumping on board this nineties trend right now? Okay, all right. Like your banana trendy. boobs and butterfly clips are in. <laughs> Everyone, you heard it here. <laughs> love it. I love it. Um, okay, so I have a couple more questions and then we'll just kind of talk a bit more about maybe your birth. Cause I know this is like a bit of the elephant in the room. People may be wondering like, you know, or assuming like, Oh, you're just going to have a C-section because you have twins, but you've had two uncomplicated vaginal deliveries and both the baby's heads are down right now, which is awesome. So, you know, you're going to hopefully experience the, um, another vaginal delivery. You know, you don't want to have a cesarean if you don't need one. Um, but you've also been told a couple of things. So you've got like, you know, maybe you can like lay it out for us. Cause I understand you have a midwife and an OB. This is the first time you've ever had an OB. You've always had midwives, but this is considered a little more complicated potentially. So you need to have the OB there um, yeah. as well. Um, also, you, I, I understand that you've been told you need to have an epidural placed You're and you've never had an epidural before. No. Yeah. So there's so, a lot yeah, to talk like, about here,
1: covering both the fears and the judgments. Actually, because C-section is a big one, obviously, and I think it's just that I I actually don't know why it is because I've I've heard now like a lot of twin natural labor, like vaginal labors, and then but I think the the stigma around it is that C-sections are like most twins are born through C-section, so a lot of times that's something that people just assume. Um, But for me, ideally, like you said, I should be a really strong and I am a strong candidate for a vaginal delivery. So Piper and Clark vaginal deliveries, and I they were born really quickly. I didn't need an epidural. I had really like, I was very fortunate in my experiences of both. Like I feel really happy and and good and all those things about how they were, you know, came into this world and, and everything was, if I can duplicate that with the twins, it will be just so beautiful. But I do have a lot more fears around it and anxiety that I'm working through because I haven't had an epidural before. So I don't even, I've been trying to understand and learn that process more and also understand, is there a way that I can like in the first dose of it, especially because my labors are so fast, Clark was born in two hours. Mm-hmm. Like, can I limit it? Because at the beginning, when you get the first shot of an epidural, it is like the most, you know, it's a lot and you, they need to test it to make sure it's working. And so you're essentially numb is from my understanding. And so I'm trying to understand if that first, like, what is it called? Ballast or blastus or whatever that they give you, if they can like reduce that at all so that it's in and the reason why they want me on it is because the other option is in the event that something happens and I do need an emergency c-section they would then have to put me under general anesthetic Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. however I was just talking and this is full like I don't have an answer to this but I was just talking to a friend of mine and she had an emergency c-section with twins no sorry with her first and her emergency C-section, they just, they gave her a quick epidural before the emergency C-section. And so I guess my next question now for my OB, um, although he's been working with me to like understand why I need an epidural, um, is can we wait? And then in the event of an emergency C-section, couldn't you give me the epidural then? Right. But maybe it's a timing issue.
0: Well, I have a question. Why yeah. Can't they- place it and thread the catheter in your spine and then not actually dose you. Well,
1: that is another question that I was wondering as well.
0: Yeah. So So it's it's already. Yeah. So that's why people would sometimes like place an IV, for example, I'm not trying to say that an epidural is the same as an IV. It's more complicated. It's like, it's like, you know, they've got to place it. You have to sit still during contractions around your back. So, you know, if it is a very emergent cesarean, there may not be time to place. Right. right. right? Like, cause it, it, you know, and you also have to have the capacity to sit still and sort of round your spine so that they can get it placed in between your, in between your vertebrae um, and like really kind of snake it in. So it's people often don't realize that it's, it's pretty long. Like it's, it's a, it's a catheter essentially in your spine. So yeah, I would want to know, like, you know, understandably, like, you know how to push, without one, it's going to feel different with one, you know, so you'll, you know, it's not your comfort zone because you've already, that's exactly it. Yeah.
1: Like I have absolutely nothing against epidurals. Like I want to be so clear about that. I going into Piper's labor and Clark's, like I, I said to my midwife, I just had a midwife with Piper and Clark. And I said like, If this is going to be like hours and hours and hours, and I'm going to be exhausted at the end, I can't push. Like, give me the epidural. And with Piper's, they had actually ordered it because it didn't look like Mm -hmm. they had it coming. Is it didn't look like she was going to drop as quickly as she ended up dropping. But in the end, I didn't end up needing it because she dropped. So I am all like, I totally appreciate it, and I I understand why they're suggesting it. It's that I'm already going into a new experience of a labor of birthing twins, like two babies. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, a lot. And the sure thing that I know of is the feelings that I felt before of the contractions, of the pushing, how to push. I didn't tear with either of them, Piper and Clark. So like all of those things, I'm like, well, those were all check, 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 really good. Now with an epidural, I don't know what that feels like. So that's a brand new experience for me. I'm trying to like keep as much consistency yeah, of um, as I can, but I appreciate the need for, I, I just want the babies obviously priority safely delivered. And if the recommendation of everyone who's, you know, advocating for me and my midwife and, um, and the OB is that I have an epidural, then I guess I have an epidural. So it's, don't I'm, really, I'm just, you don't really want one. No, you don't, don't really want. want no, no, they don't.
0: So. so this is where, this is where anyone listening to this, like, this is really like an opportunity to just keep asking questions to yeah. say, okay, so scenario A, scenario B, scenario C, you know, voicing your concerns. I was just updating our affirmation cards, um, that are printable, like for the chorus. And it was like, I have a voice, I have a choice. That's one of them. So that's my love that for you. I have a voice, I have a choice. And obviously, we don't always have a choice. I want to make that clear, but you know, it it can be helpful. Like even in the moments, you can you can be part of the decision-making process. And and then once you feel like you really understand then it makes it easier to to kind of be like, yes, okay, this makes sense. But there's nothing worse, in my opinion, than being told you have to do something and not really feeling like it makes sense for you.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, you're just
0: doing it to be compliant, and then you end up often resenting it. And yeah. you know what I mean? And so it's like, okay, well, if that's the, you know, help them help you get on board. And if you can't get on board, then really continue to advocate and really understand, like, can I get, for example, can I get this epidural placed? without actually getting the medicine if I don't need, especially if my baby comes in like an hour, which is a probability.
1: <laughs> well, that's the other thing is like Piper was four hours and they say the second is usually half the matter. Yes. Mark was two hours. And so, so I said an hour, <laughs> like I, and they're already telling me like, as soon as you hear, feel like anything, like you are bolting to the hospital yeah. as quickly as you can. So that was the other question I had is, what like you might not have time to give me an epidural. like I, there's a very like high likelihood that I'm going to get there. and just like Clark, I was seven centimeters when I arrived at the hospital. and then, as soon as my midwife arrived, like I was pushing. So that could happen again, and you simply don't have time at that point because, like you said, I'm in the condition of standing sitting still and like bending over at that point. like there's no way I was like puking. <laughs>
0: It's called transition. You <laughs> were transition. Yeah, not great to get an epidural in transition. Don't exactly.
1: Promise. So I no. was in transition. It's a lot lovelier way to say yeah.
0: it. You're like, I was a wild animal out of my mind, Literally. barfing everywhere. I'm like, yeah, that sounds like
1: transition. And with Piper, I was induced. So there's also, so the other, um, my OB, so because it's high risk with twins, like quote unquote, like they term it high risk. And everything has been perfect with my twins, thankfully. Like they just, they're doing so, so well. And I, the other stipulation of my OB taking me on as a patient was that I'm induced at 38 weeks. And he explained after 38 weeks, risks increasing and things like that. So I've been induced before. So like, I actually know that. I know the contractions are, oh my God, like Mm -hmm. 1 million times worse with, being induced than yeah. naturally. Um, so I, but I know that, so it's like, okay, I understand that I can wrap my head around that. I actually feel like I'll probably go before 38 weeks anyways. Um, and that's okay. But I've, I've been through that path and I know what to expect. It's the epidural of not like, again, like I just haven't been there. Mm-hmm. So TBD, it'll be, you know, <laughs> Our follow-up will be very interesting on how this all goes down. (laughs)
0: 100%.
1: I mean, again,
0: if I can just reiterate, like you have a voice, ask the questions and and you're not like this experience matters. It really Mm -hmm. does. It matters. And you, as mentioned, like you aren't really, you're actually aren't really high risk, like in the sense that things are all quite, quite good you know in terms of how you're doing the twins are doing whatever so yeah like it's it's definitely an opportunity to kind of continue to ask questions
1: one other Um, thing I didn't know about the twin side of it is with twin so there's there's twin a and twin b and twin a is the one that's going to arrive first so that's the boy he's like head down ready to go and then twin b so Once you have twin A vaginally, it's very likely they'll deliver twin B vaginally like it, unless there was something really wrong, they will do everything they can. And that includes like delivering breach. Like they'll just go for it as well as literally putting their arm (laughs) (laughs) um, inside you and pulling the baby out by. It's feet. So my OB also explained that to me. And he's like, so, you know, if you don't have an epidural, like, it's not right. like I have a small arm um, <laughs> that, the, verbatim said that. Oh, yeah, God. He's, he's quite a funny guy. Um, and I was like, yep, yeah, no, you don't. Uh, that is true. Uh, so that's the other piece of it is, um, that could be quite uncomfortable. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, that's a good, good little piece of information. Yeah. So there's a lot, there's a lot, this isn't a simple
0: thing that, like, and, and I think that that's the thing in, in birth and, and even in motherhood, of course, like there's nothing really black and white No, like, and it's so You know, it requires a certain degree of mental flexibility, you know, to understand like, you know, you're going to do whatever you can to feel supported and like, you know, on board with everything, but also understand that you have, there's an element you need to just surrender control.
1: Yeah. And the comfort I do have is that I'm so grateful that I have a midwife and an OB because my midwife is there. Essentially to advocate for me, she'll deliver the first baby as long as everything's good. And if everything was is great with the second, she'll also be able to deliver the second. Um, and then the OB's there in the event that things aren't going perfectly, then he'll step in. So that is really comforting because the other part of what I love about a midwife is that I know who's there with me in the room and who's going to keep my like vibe <laughs> hi. So and this doctor, it's it might be any OB, right? It can be any OB and that gives me a lot of anxiety because yes. that was the thing that I loved about having a midwife is like, I know I'm showing up and I have like my team there and they are awesome and I adore them and they know my entire journey mm-hmm. versus especially if I go into labor um, just on my own and I don't need to be induced at 38 weeks, then it literally can be anyone there showing up and they're not my OB who's been giving all ultrasounds, who knows that I'm uneasy about the epidural and mm-hmm. all of mm-hmm. the things. So I don't know, like, I think it would be really helpful for people to hear your advice on that, because that's what a lot of people, a lot of people don't get midwives at all. And yeah. they're relying, I, I think it's like a 10% chance your OB actually delivers your baby, right? Like it's super low.
0: Yeah. I, this is a tricky one. And this is really where understanding that typically groups of practices. So like a lot of OBs have a shared practice. So the culture of that practice is often somewhat continuous, same as the culture of a hospital. So you want to kind of get a sense In, in a perfect world, there'd be like an open house interview, the OB night, and you could do like speed dating. And like, you could literally talk to you know, the eight OBs on the team and just quickly meet them all and like, you know, have five minutes with each of them. And that's not a common thing, but I know that has happened. In fact, Dr. Klein that we interviewed, I read his book. That's something he used to do in in BC. So like he implemented that, which I think is super cool. But anyways, that is not certainly not the norm. So -hmm. in a perfect world, you just have a sense of like, you know, Ask questions. So if you have a good relationship and hopefully you do with your obstetrician, you can say like, here's some of, you know, my concerns, Um, you know, and we talk about this in the push prep course in the sense that like there's a certain way to bring up your concerns so that you're not labeled as like, a problem patient, you know, and, and you, nobody wants that. You really want to lead with mutual respect, but, but I would say that, do you have an extra five minutes? Cause there, as you know, they're booked back to back, they're busy first, get permission to say, Hey, like I'd really love to bring some stuff up is now a good time. If not, can I follow up by email or can I bring this up next appointment, assuming you have enough time left in your pregnancy, but just say like, I understand that the safety of me and my, my baby come first, You know, with that said, I would really love to just discuss some options because I have concerns about, you know, laboring for the first time and pushing for the first time with an epidural because it's not something I've ever experienced before. I've had two non-medicated, you know, blah, 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 blah. Like, but just preface that with. You know, these are some of my concerns. And then when you open that conversation up, part of the questions would be, I understand that we're on board, you and I, but there's a high probability you're not going to be the one present. So is there any way you can make a note in my chart so that right. your colleagues can see that we've had this conversation, you know, and they'll recognize that, you know, that can help just to say like, in that way, it'll, it'll hopefully take a little less advocating for you in the moment you know, you see some OB you've never met before, you can say, oh, you know what, Dr. So-and-so mentioned this in my chart. Please take a peek.
1: Yeah, that's so helpful. And I also feel better about the fact that I do have my midwives also there who yeah. have worked with every OB at this hospital um, and have confirmed to me, like, we're in good hands. Like, it's, mm-hmm. you're going to have a good OB with, like, they chose the OB that I'm, mm-hmm with for a reason but that everyone there is a very similar like you said like the teams usually are in and around like similar mindset of like practice and things like that so lots (laughs) there's lots I also want to talk about this so therapeutic for
0: me oh is it good I'm so glad so good (laughs) so did you what, what position did you push in for both of the kids I'm curious
1: so So, oh yeah this is I'm glad you asked this is this is another concern about mine with the epidural but so with Piper I was on my back um and Clark I was on my side Mm -hmm. but my bigger concern is I like I like I I move the whole time leading up to basically until the second I need to push like I have to be kind of like walking Mm -hmm. so that Mm -hmm. is going to be different as well yep
0: you can with an epidural, everyone here, and I talk about slot, you don't need to be on your back with an epidural sideline right. is a fantastic position with an epidural. You might even be, but able I can't
1: to- be on my knees, right? Like I you can't. Be- can,
0: yeah. You, you can. can also be on your knees if you have enough support. And if it's a low density epidural, you can absolutely be on your hands and knees. Um, you know, you can be kind of essentially you're propped up, using the back often of the hospital bed, you could be over a birth ball, you know, the bed can be configured in so many different ways. So it's not like, don't picture you like on the floor on your hands and knees. Like that's not what I'm talking about. It's a very supported position. You're not really having to support your body weight. It's just that your sacrum is free. Um, So I just, I don't know with twins, if they would feel comfortable with that, but I would say Mm -hmm. um, sideline would probably be, you know, the best option. You could also be in a supported squat with an epidural, again, using the back of the hospital bed, dropping it down, but yeah, you've already done sideline. It worked well. Mm-hmm. It's, it's probably the easiest position for them to kind of see. You can even just roll up a towel underneath one butt cheek. And the reason again is so that you can create a little bit of clearance for your tailbone. You just right. don't want to be lying flat on your tailbone. Yeah. Um, Right. Or you can have the, do the U-shaped towel trick just so that, you know, you've got a little bit more room for that pelvic outlet to open.
1: Yeah. And it's a good point. I should make sure that I ask my OB, like say like, you're okay with sideline, like I, Ruth Clark sideline, like you're okay with that. Right. And it's going to depend, (laughs)
0: like in the moment they may need you to move because all of a sudden twin B moved and now they're going to say, okay, get on your back. We need to get you to move. So baby moves like so many things can happen, Mm -hmm. but I will just say, have a towel handy. So if they say you need to be on your back now, just do that quick time, make a a little sausage out of that towel, place it underneath you. And it is literally going to change nothing for the care provider. It will just create that clearance for your
1: tailbone. Amazing. Yeah. How lucky am I everyone? <laughs> like this is, I got to, I literally the other day I was like, I need to go back and re-listen to some of your push prep because it's, I need to refresh. <laughs> like,
0: well, anytime, anytime. These are just like the quick tips that can make a big difference. So I wanted to, I wanted to ask you what kind of one more question here before we wrap up. Yeah. What do you, what do you want to tell your future self as you sit here at 35 weeks pregnant,
1: about to have four under four? Ah, I mean, so going in, I'm trying, my like mantra of going into this is like, everything's working in my favor. Everything's working out for me. This is going to be perfect as it's meant to be. Like, it'll be the journey that is meant to be and how they'll arrive and keeping that positive. So anytime I have these like more anxious feelings, I'm just kind of repeating those things to myself, which have helped with Piper and Clark as well. And then I really, my future self, like once the twins are here, I think it's linking back to that, like, just take it with as much ease and compassion and, you know, give myself a bit of a break. Like, yeah, it's not so eloquent, but I just want to like, allow myself the space to be okay with however this is going to go and know that my business and the kids and all of those things like it's going to be fine mm-hmm. um i don't need to do it all and i don't need to do it all perfectly i can t- give myself some space to like mm-hmm. you know say no to things and let a few people down <laughs> that's okay you know mm-hmm. it's like hard even saying it but it's okay it's just so funny. Like August is going to
0: be like a bit of a busy month for you. <laughs> like it's like a, the twins are definitely arriving in August, and and already oh my god, like, to share this with people. People are like, oh, like with scheduling interviews, they're like, oh, I can do August. When's Lexi available? And I'm like, your bouncer. I'm like, Lexi is not available at all in the month of August. You can talk to me. I will be doing a solo interview with you. And would, I'm like, and you're like, no, I can probably make and it work. Like, like, yeah. And then I email, you. you're yeah. like, you're like, email me separately. You take everyone off this. You take them off the, the reply all. And you're like, no, actually I can make it work. I was like, are you kidding? No, I'm not going to let you. I'm not going to let you participate in podcasting. I know. Podcast.
1: <laughs> I'm so grateful for people like you. And like, I have some people on my team who are the same way. And they're like, no, like stop. But But it's because I love doing these things. So I'm like, oh, I love doing <laughs> interviews. Like it's so fun. And like, okay, I'll have the twins. Like I can take an hour out of my day and it'll be fun for me to have like a, or
0: you could sleep. There's um, also that.
1: (laughs) It's true. It's true. (laughs) I don't know. Like I, it's, I, it's, I have a problem. I need. I do. I'm (laughs) I'm working. I'm trying to work through it, but there's an example that was yesterday. Everyone that was yesterday. (laughs) I'm calling you out. I'm like,
0: (laughs) no, so we can, why don't we just, why don't we just Pause for August. We can
1: pause. We can you know, pause. And, I know we can. It's just I don't want to miss out. I like I love these things. I'm like, oh, that interview is going to be fun. <laughs> 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 Excuse me. <laughs> I still have this cough, by the way. Um, It's anyways. I yes, I need help. <laughs> yes.
0: Well, it, it's you
1: need a bouncer. I'm like I need your a bouncer. Schedule bouncer. I'm like, oh. bouncer. I'm like no. Adam tries to too. He's like very. He's trying, but it just I sneak last sneak night. I was like on my laptop at 1230, and he's like, oh What God. are you doing? I, was like, well, I had a surprise party. My girlfriend surprised me. That's the other great thing about twins, is like it feels like a first pregnancy in some ways because people are like, I just had yeah. a sprinkle, like a baby shower. They called it a sprinkle for the twins. <laughs> it was a surprise. Then I got them late. I had things to do. Like it got it. I had to get some a few things out, and I'm on my email at twelve thirty. Like it's just, I need to stop. So, um, yeah. Anyways, that's not a tip for anyone other than (laughs) don't follow in my footsteps. And it's okay.
0: It's okay to you know the world isn't going to stop. You know, you're you're you are not like your worth is not measured by your productivity. -hmm. And I think this is a big one because I I also attach a lot of my own self-esteem and worth to how much was able to produce today. A lot of A-type business people, I think, are you know, we're like that. And I think with motherhood, one of the things that I struggled with is this feeling that like I have like a six-hour workday, and it's like, how am I supposed to get everything done? And then I I found myself getting irritated at like the demands placed on me, you know, and then. Snap, get the kids, and nobody wins. And so it's just like, yeah, I mean, I can crush a lot of work in six hours, but it's also not, you know, like it's not the same as the way it was before becoming a mom. And I don't think it's realistic to expect that it it would be,
1: you know, totally. And the other thing is I and my team tells me this too, like when I step back from the business, I get the best. I come forward with, the best outlooks and strategy and ideas and like clarity on where we're going. Like when you just take a minute to step away, you yeah. can provide yourself with the space to breathe and you have such a better so understanding it. on what the direction is that you need to go in and I know that and that's the problem. I know all these things. It's just actually saying no and I have people pleasing things that I work through is like actually saying no and stepping away and understanding that yes, I like to do this podcast but like the month of August is not going to kill us to not have yeah. me on some interviews. Like it's going to be
0: fine. Yeah. 100%. It will be okay. And and I I just am so excited to do the follow up and yes. uh, probably a month or so from now
1: it'll be good it'll be really, I know really good. stay tuned I can't wait and these little guy and gal will be here and hopefully they're just you know really really well behaved and they sleep. <laughs>
0: uh we're going to have so much to talk about but no I, I everyone here i know listening is just so so excited for you and hopeful for you that it's the experience that you hope you hope it to be and that you feel supported and that no matter how it goes down you're going to feel like you were heard and listened to and respected and everyone's healthy and and safe and happy
1: well thank you and i am very grateful that i have you as a quick text away i'm going to be in labor and be like help. Can you call and advocate for me? <laughs> <laughs> happy
0: to, happy to, but, but you're going to be able to do it yourself. I have every confidence.
1: Thank you. You're the best. All right. Yeah. So stay tuned. We'll keep you posted. Mwah. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for our next episode.
0: And in the meantime, follow us on Instagram at WeGoTherePodcast and check out WeGoTherePodcast.com for more info.